grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening, the epistle reading we heard just a few moments ago, 1 Corinthians 9 and 10, especially these words. I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So far, our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. A Baptist and a Lutheran are having a conversation. And when that happens, eventually, always, the topic turns to baptism. So the Lutheran said, this is what I believe. Baptism saves. It says so right in the Bible. To which the Baptist responds, we are not saved by our good works. So baptism can't save. To which the Lutheran responds, baptism is a gift, a gift of God, a means of grace. It is not a good work that we perform. To which the Baptist responds, and what he believes is with his trump card. Are you ready? Well, if baptism saves, then how come so many people who are baptized as babies and infants aren't Christians? Maybe you've heard that. Maybe you've thought about that. Maybe you've wondered or questioned or doubted. Does baptism save or not? My friends, God's word for tonight, the epistle reading before us, teaches us with regard to that answer, that see, or question that seems to have no answer. Why are there people who are baptized that are not Christians? We know it's true. What does God's word teach us? My friends, in our text for tonight, we see God saving the children of Israel. He delivered them. He delivered them from bondage. He delivered them from death. He delivered them from slavery. God saved them. God saved all of them. They passed through the Red Sea waters on dry ground. They passed into freedom on the other side. And when Pharaoh and the horsemen and chariots and everybody followed, the waters came crashing down and God killed them. Part of the salvation that he delivered to them. All of the children of Israel passed 
through the waters. And as we heard our junior confirmads confess, this is a picture of baptism. This is not something we made up. God's word for tonight teaches us. They were all baptized into Moses as they crossed the Red Sea waters on dry ground. The crossing of the Red Sea waters was their baptism. New life. What do you do when you have a new life? You feed it. That's what you do. And that's what God's Word teaches us. After God saved them and delivered them through the Red Sea waters, He fed them all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. The crossing of the Red Sea was the children of Israel's baptism. And the manna in the wilderness and the water from the rock was their Lord's Supper. God saved them. God delivered them. He saved and delivered all of them. But what happened? The last verse of our text tells us what happened. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased. And they were overthrown in the wilderness. Of the over 600,000 people that passed through the Red Sea waters, only two, Caleb and Joshua, only two went to the promised land. God saved them all. But only two went into the promised land. What happened? They fell away. They fell away. They got lazy in their faith. They stopped listening to the Word of God. And when you stop listening to the Word of God, eventually you stop believing the Word of God. They went through the motions with their worship. They started worshiping the false gods in the land where they were. And in so doing, they turned their backs on the one true God and His salvation. Yes, it's true. Christians can lose their faith. God gives us many, many warnings in Scripture. Stand firm, lest you fall. My friends, what does it mean to be saved? That word is thrown around a lot in and outside of the church. Well, in a sense, you can look at it in kind of three different ways. That's not a way to say it. Three aspects of salvation. We're sinners. We can't save ourselves. So God, in His love and grace and mercy, sends His Son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, here into the world to save us. How does he do that? 
He lives a perfect life. He places himself under the Ten Commandments. The law that crushes us, Jesus fulfilled. He kept it. He kept it perfectly. Not any sin. Not one iota of sin. And then Jesus, in his love and mercy, freely and willingly went to the cross. He paid the punishment we have earned because of our sins. He died the death we deserve because of our sins. Jesus really died. Jesus' dead corpse was put into a tomb. But death could not hold the sinless one. Three days later, Jesus, who was dead, burst forth from the tomb, never to die again. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus has earned salvation for the whole world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. So, how do we get it? Do we get into a time machine? Maybe a, a, a 1985 DeLorean and go back in time so that we can see it and witness it ourselves? No, we can't do that. God brings salvation to us. He delivers the goods. He delivers the deliverance freely. God delivers Good Friday and Easter to us. We don't pay for it. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We can't pray it into our hearts. It's a gift. Just like we saw for little Thomas. God delivered Good Friday and Easter to him in the waters of holy baptism in the same way he did for each one of you who are baptized. God delivers the goods, he delivers the deliverance. Every time we hear the words of absolution, every time we have the gospel preached into our ears or taught into our ears and hearts, every time a person, maybe even like a husband or a wife, tells their spouse, I forgive you, salvation is delivered. In the holy meal, God delivers salvation to us. The salvation earned by Jesus on Good Friday and Easter, given for us to eat and drink, strength for the journey. God gives us birth in the waters of holy baptism. And then he feeds us with word and sacrament. This is how God delivers his salvation to us. Earned by Jesus, delivered in word and sacrament. I said there were three parts, right? We don't just go through the motions. We don't just do the doing. Faith receives the gifts of God. Sometimes it's described this way. Faith is like the hand that receives the gifts and promises of God. Simply hearing the word does no good. It must be received in faith. And if that was up to us, surely we would mess it up. But faith too is a gift 
created, nurtured, and strengthened by God. How? Through word and sacrament. My friends, in our text, we see that the children of Israel were saved, truly saved, and they fell away. So what do we do with this text? Well, there are some, some Christians who have come up with a man-made teaching, a man-made doctrine that once you're saved, you're always saved. You can't fall away. It's very prevalent, especially in American evangelical churches. It's supposed to give comfort, but it does just the opposite. And worst of all, it's not in the Bible. It's contrary to the clear word of God. Faith is a gift. Faith is a gift that God gives us. Faith is exercised, but faith is not easy. The first half of our text, Paul gives the example of a Christian in two ways. A runner and a boxer. A runner and a boxer. Athletes. Think of a professional athlete. The Olympics are going on. Think of finely tuned athletes. If you are going to run a marathon, you probably don't spend two or three hours a day at Dunkin' Donuts. That would be contrary to an athletic regimen. When you are training and your, your side starts to hurt when you're running, you don't stop and have a cigarette. You run harder. That's how you train. That's how you train to be an athlete, to win the prize. The same thing for a boxer. Think of the Rocky movie where Rocky is fighting the Russian who just killed with one punch Apollo Creed. What does Rocky do? Camp out at the office? No. He goes to an obscure place. He puts his body and his mind through all kinds of regimens to train his body so that he can win the fight. Paul uses these examples for us, for Christians. We are to train our bodies and our minds in the Christian faith. How do we do that? Not with a 12-step program or some exercise routine. We do that by hearing the Word of God. We do that by studying the Word of God. We do that by singing the Word of God. By going to church and listening to the Word of God. By going to Bible study. By, by doing devotions. Not any devotions, but devotions that convey the Word of God in its truth and purity. We are to take control of our bodies through discipline and self-control. God wants our soul to be under control as well. 
How do you get your soul under control? You can't. We want our souls to be under God's control. Not our control. And God controls us. He forms us. He shapes us. He forgives us. And He grows us through His Word. My friends, God's call for tonight is a warning. A warning not to be comfortable and not to be lazy in the faith. Not just to go through the motions of being a Christian. But to put yourself in training. An athlete has his eyes on the prize. Maybe it's a gold medal. Maybe it's a Super Bowl trophy. Maybe it's something of much less value. But every athlete has a prize, winning the prize in mind. For the Christian, we should be of one mind. And that one mind is that there is nothing more important than hearing the Word of God, believing the Word of God, living in that Word of God, and passing on that Word of God to our children and our grandchildren and to a generation yet to be born. My friends, God's Word is clear. We could fall from faith. But as long as God is talking, and as long as we are listening, listening to His Word in its truth and purity, that will never happen. You are in His hands, and nothing or no one can snatch you out. My friends, may God instill in us a heart and a desire to hear not once in a while not when it's convenient not so my kids can get confirmed but to hear each and every day God's life-giving and life-changing word may God grant it to us for Jesus sake amen now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our ears, and our lives in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.